Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Hay in Maseches Ksubis. And we're going to be starting the second line up in Dalad Amud Bez from the bottom. Amar Mar. We were talking about, of course, we dedicate this to Ilan Nishmas for Chaim Zev Melinowitz, that's all. And also, Ibadul Lachaim Tovim Varukim, our fearless leader Andrew, who's away for a couple of days. But we could do this, guys, like this. We talked about in the Mishnah the idea of Besula Nises Biyom Haravi. Okay. So we talked, okay, already for a few days about why Dafka Wednesday night. Now we're saying that you might recall we said that when there was no Batedinim, really they can get married any night, right? Because the reason why she's getting married Wednesday night is so that if anything comes up, there's a Tainus Besulim, the Chasim can run to Bezdin on Thursday. And we talked about that at some length. The question is, if there's no Bezdin and you can do it every night, does that mean you can get married any night of the week? So here we say, Amar um, Mar, not every night, because Friday night and Motzei Shabbos is not recommended as follows. Amar Mar, He's really not talking necessarily about the, the, uh, the chuppah and the wedding ceremony, but his issue is, the Bia over here, right? Because you can't have the Bia Rishona, this is talking about a Basula, not on Erev Shabbos and not on Motzei Shabbos. So says the Gemara, Bishlema Be'erev Shabbos, Mishum Chabura. So we will discuss this really at greater length tomorrow, but today already we'll talk about what are the issues of Chabura with Be'ila uh, Rishona on Friday night. When it says Erev Shabbos, Barry, it means Friday night. Okay. Um, now, no, we sometimes call that Leil Shabbos. It's Friday night. It's Shabbos already, right? So the Chabur. We're going to talk about that Chabur later today, so we don't have to get into it yet now. What we're going to get into first now is the Motzei Shabbos. What's going on? Eleven Motzei Shabbos on Milo. Why shouldn't there be a Bia on Motzei Shabbos? So Amar Rabbi Zera, as we arrive at Hamad Aleph, Mishum Cheshboinis. Mishum Cheshboinis? What's Cheshboinis? Says Rashi. First Rosh and Hamad Alf, Shimichnas Lamotse Shabbos Yasasu Dabalayla. Right? In other words, we're, we're, we're retrofitting this now, right? We're saying, well, wait a minute. In order to have the Bia on Motse Shabbos, you're probably having the wedding on Motse Shabbos. And that means that's when you're doing the Suda. So then right after Shabbos, you have to get ready, which means that all Shabbos, Vichshav B'Shabbos, Mautzarch Lahotzi. Right? On Shabbos already, your mind is racing, making sure that everything's prepared. Oh, the Pasuk in Yishaya, Daber Davar, right? The idea of Uvda Dechol, right? That everything, we already learned this on Shabbos, Kufid Gimel. The idea, right, that you're not allowed to, whether this is, this is brought from a Navi, whether it's the Raisa or the Rabbanon, whatever the case is, right, it looks like, for sure, you're not supposed to do Uvda Dechol, not supposed to take care of mundane things during Shabbos, and certainly you'll be taking care of those Monday things, uh, or at least you'll be thinking about those Monday things, and that's called cheshbonos. Uh, okay, so now <coughs> um, the the issue, however, is cheshbonos is not necessarily exactly daber davar. You might recall, and we're going to be quoting passages from. This zemer that we sing on Shabbos, here hurim mutarim, right? Is this, is this thought that you're having about the dvar mitzvah really daber davar as a violation of uvda dechol? 
it's a violation of thinking Cheshbonus and Shabbos. So that's what the Gemara is going to discuss now. Amalei Abaye, Abaye brings this up. Cheshbonus shall mitzvah mi asiri. Is it true that Cheshbonus of mitzvah thinking about these things and not just thinking, having meetings, having shul board meetings, and all these things, things that are tzarchet sibur, not just ritual, right practice of what you would call mitzvah, but things that are for the klal, you should be able to do on Shabbos. This is something that we learned in Shabbos Tav Kufnun. It says, You're allowed to do cheshbon shel mitzvah on Shabbos. Right? So even though it has elements of money, you're allowed to, what, allocate, have a meeting with the, let's say, the vad, tzedakah, kupa shel tzedakah, and allocate money to Aniyam on Shabbos. What do you mean? Hand this out? Not necessarily hand this out, but you could have a meeting or, or you can pledge to a charity fund. There is um, a Mishnah Brura and other halachic sources about selling aliyahs, right? How can you sell aliyahs? How can you pledge uh, when you get an aliyah? How can you pledge a certain amount of money? There are some people who are makbit to say matana because they don't want to pledge a specific amount of money. But, there, but I believe it's the mission bureau who says, you don't have to be machmer about that. You know, some people are machmer. They're really being machmer because they're only giving $2, Barry. I know why they're being machmer. They're saying matana because they don't want to say. But the fact of the matter is, maybe they are also being machmer because they want to give a specific amount. Mission bureau says you don't have to. Right? These are tzorche mitzvah. So to even specify a specific amount is allowed. Right? You're not going to handle the money, I don't think. But you could talk about it. You could talk about it. Um, Right, so you can have a shul board meeting in the shul or the base medrash, right? Who's going to be in charge of the toilet paper? Who's going to be in charge of, right, uh, all the different mundane things, but they're tzorchei rabim, right? And therefore you can discuss that in Shabbos, it's a dvar mitzvah. Okay, some take out this Right, there are girsos that don't have this. After all, pikuach nefesh. What do you mean? Every, of course, pikuach nefesh is docha shabbos. That everything else in, in this uh, in this brisa has been um, mostly a chiddush, right? But here, this particular this particular statement of pikuach nefesh, that's not a chiddush at all. That we know already. But be that as it may, certainly you could do that on Shabbos. The Amar of Shmuel bar Nachmeni, Amar Bionasan, Hochin letartios vil karkios lefakeach alis kerabim b'shabbos. You might remember this from Shabbos Kufnun. To go to the theaters and the circus, what are you talking, right? Th- those words sound a lot like theater and circus, and that's what it means. Tartiaros, theaters, lakarkios, like the circus or the, right, the amphitheater. Uh, why are you going to the movies on Shabbos? What's going on here? No, that's not what you're doing. It was customary to meet not only in shul or in the Batek Nesios and Batek Midrash, as we said, but sometimes even in like the convention centers. They would have shul board meeting in the convention centers, so to speak. And again, the al Rabin Bishabis. Um you know, we're used to the word pikuach nefesh. Pikuach nefesh means saving a life, right? But what is the root of the word pikuach? So it's interesting, right? Because we're using the word Mefakin here a couple of times. the uh, fakeach to oversee, um, to take charge, to discharge matters. Rashi Explains what, what the word is, but he explains it in old French, which I, which I don't speak. First he says, mefakhin mutsin or It's like you publicize it, you discuss it, right? You discharge it. And then he says, pikuach. 
Pushka November-ish. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't help. But the point is, Pikuach Nefesh, we know what it means, Lefakeach, right, to, to discharge these. Uh, you're divvying up, divvying up these responsibilities. Okay, all these things are meant to do on Shabbos. Okay. And in the base manager of Beimanasha, they said, This is where already, right? Um, this is already where we're getting this from Zmiros. You're starting to talk about Shiduchim. Right? And also, you can teach young boys Torah. Zilberman, I think it's 365. They they have in uh, Yerushalayim. They have seder. They have yeshiva every day. I think they have every day, including Yom Kippur. I think or a portion of Yom Kippur and Tisha B'av. You know, what I mean, they they figure it out. But they they just have maybe not Tisha B'av. But you can, in fact, teach Torah um, on Shabbos. And of course, Ulamda Umanus also. If you could teach them Torah, so this is the Kiddush and test, right? Mitzvah Sa'av al that it's a mitzvah to teach your son. How to make a living, to teach him some sort of a, whether it's a sprach or a geshaft, you're allowed to teach him how to make a living. And so that's a mitzvah and that can be done on Shabbos as well. So if all of these things, be that as it may, if all of these things are mutter to do on Shabbos, so certainly you could think about the wedding on Shabbos. So why can't you get married once on Shabbos? So the Gemara says, no. El Amar Rabbi because The issue is, right, all of these things were mostly, you're not doing any. Actual malacha, right? You're having a meeting. You're going to the to the meeting. You're going to the shul board meeting. You're teaching your son, but you're not. You're you're having a meeting of the kufar shul but You're not actually handling the money. You're not opening up the computers, right, or anything like that. You're not doing malacha, obviously. Elamai, when it comes to the wedding, maybe you will do malacha. You'll absentmindedly do the malacha of shechita. You're going to shecht the ben of on Shabbos. To which Abaye comes back and says, "Wait a minute, I don't really Abaye." This is a curious question. Bai says, if you're concerned, if we have such a thing as it would have another implication, which is that if Yom Kippur ever fell out on Monday, you should postpone Yom Kippur until Tuesday. First of all, several questions here. How are you going to postpone Yom Kippur? Well, okay, question number one, Yom Kippur never does fall out on Monday. Let's just get that out of the way. Lo adu rosh means you're never going to come out with Yom Kippur on Monday. But obviously we're talking about a time in histo- history where uh, maybe that wasn't the case yet, right? Lo adu rosh is something that, as we know, Chazal, they're in charge of the calendar. So they can decide. And lo adu rosh is one of the reasons why, right, they would set up a calendar in a certain way, right? Because of certain days they don't want it to fall out on certain days. And so, in, in a sense, the question is, at, at the time when the calendar was more fluid and Chazal was ver- were very... Uh, much in charge of when Rosh Chodesh was, why wasn't not having Yom Kippur on a Monday one of the considerations? Okay, so let's say that that's the question. Okay, so therefore that answers both both questions. How could they change it? Because they could change it, right? Uh, They would obviously do it in advance, but they would change it. Anyway, Bismana said this would never happen, but it's still theoretically an interesting question. And it brings up another question. What do you mean? Yom Kippur on Monday, so what? Uh, Well, we know there's a mitzvah to eat on Tes Tishrei, right? On Erev Yom Kippur, there's a mitzvah to eat. Well, this would imply, and the Gemara's going to discuss this a little bit, this would imply that the mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur already starts on Motzei, uh, on the night before, meaning on Motzei, let's say, if Yom Kippur's on a Monday, Erev Yom Kippur's on Sunday, already on Motzei Shabbos, you have a, 
you're already anxious on Shabbos that you're going to have to eat right away on Motzei Shabbos. That's what Abaye wants to suggest. Okay. Yeah, the Lamdo Sefer. Right. So Barry, thank you, Barry. Barry is pointing out, Lamdo Sefer, what do you mean? Learning with your children is the most ideal thing to do on Shabbos. Who would ever have a Havamina? There'd be any Esser whatsoever. So he's pointing out, thank you, Barry, that the Lamdo Sefer um, is really that you're going to hire somebody to learn with your child on Shabbos. So obviously, again, I don't think you're going to be paying him on Shabbos, but... You're going to what? You, if, he's wor- if he's working, right? If a guy, a tutor is working on Shabbos, is he allowed to do that? So the answer is that he would, that he would be allowed to do that. Lalamdo Sefer is not in Rashi. So who, who, where did you see that? Okay, so the art scroll hooked us up with a note. Very good. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense, right? Because otherwise, what would even be the Havamina, right? That would be an issue, right? So, but, but this is also something that happens every day, right? I mean... It's very often that we see, right? You'll see a, uh, somebody hires a tutor to learn Mishnayis with their right, 11-year-old boy or whatever it is. They meet on Shabbos. And, and so I, we're not going to get into the issue of whether they can. So does that mean that they can be hired and then be paid for that? Is that what that means? Or that, is, that what the, is that what the note says? Second paragraph in seven. Seven, second paragraph. Shitu mekumbetzes. Uh, no, oh, the, oh, no, no, the first, right, right, the beginning of that second paragraph, the Shulchan Aruch, oh, in the Shilte Giborim, on Kufnun, permitted to hire a tutor, you, and you can't specify his fee, okay. So you can have a tutor, but you can't specify the fee, but it sounds like you could give him some sort of a tip afterwards. That's what it sounds like, we'd have to look at the Shulchan Aruch, and the Shilte Giborim on Kufnun. Shilte Giborim was famous, he was featured in the, uh, he wasn't as famous as he should have been, put it that way. Last week, I encourage anyone to listen to Rabbi David Katz um, with, with the Jewish History podcast. So once a week, every week, he does one uh, Parsha, so Shavua, one Haftarah, one historical figure, and one um, thing about tefillah. So this historical figure of this past, of last week was Shilte Giborim. Incredible, incredible stuff. He was born right around the time of the Inquisition, I believe. And then he, his family fled to northern Italy. And the stuff that he did, the Shilte Giborim, this is before Google, you understand? He understood where every Gemara was, every sighting, every Rambam, and put together, the, it, was, it was encyclopedic what, what was going on with the Shilte Giborim. Okay, I highly recommend listening to that podcast. You will be enthralled. You know, there were years where <coughs> there were uh, places in the world where there were Jews who could not, never saw Talmud, never saw Talmud Bavli, never saw Gemara. And they would take something like the Rif, which they maybe did have access to, and they would say, they would try to figure out how, if only we knew what the Gemara said, right? They would read the Rif and they would try to sort of like retro imply what the Gemara must have said. To, that, to think that we would have come to a time, and this is also brought up because it was Arab. Parshas Chukas, just on Erev Shabbos, right? Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chukas, the burning of the Talmud in Paris, which is one of the keynotes that we say on Tisha B'av. Anyway, long story short, the fact that we have the uh, Talmud Bavli 
accessible to us, should not be taken for granted. So Baruch Hashem, we're here getting up um, early and uh, appreciating that. It's a great way to, uh, to pay homage to all those generations. Anyway, Shilta Giborim, highly recommended, and he hooks us up with this shot. Thank you, Barry. Okay, so now, the Gemara is going to answer two things to this, right, to this issue of Shema Yishchot Ben Of. First, uh, with regards to whether it should also be a consideration on Yom Kippur. As follows. First of all, In other words, one possibility, even if you say that the mitzvah of Achila on Yom Kippur is starting on Motzei Shabbos when Yom Kippur is on Monday, so that's only for your own family. So you're not going to get all worked up on Shabbos just because you have to make a, a lasagna on Motzei Shabbos. You'll figure it out. That's what you do every Motzei Shabbos from Malav Malka. It's not a big deal. But So this is an explanation of why we don't have this consideration by Yom Kippur, but in the case of a wedding, Aunt Gertrude is coming to this wedding and she's very exacting. She's going to call you out and it makes you nervous every time she comes. But your mother-in-law uh, is going to be there. You know, people are going to be there who you're going to want to impress. It's going to stress you out and therefore tarid. And that's why you may be a little bit out of your element and start shechting if it's a chasana, but not so much for the, for the meal on Yom, Erev Yom Kippur. Inami, or alternatively, alternatively, Hasam Islay Ravcha. Ah. So here's the other tzad. This is the tzad about whether there is in fact a chiv on Motzei Shabbos. Don't forget, this is a conversation in the Rishonim. When is the mitzvah sachila uh, in the postgame? When is the mitzvah sachila on Erev Yom Kippur? Does it go all the way back to Motzei Shabbos, to the night before? Is it the entire test Tishrei? Nafkaminas being like, for example, would you have a Suda on Motzei Shabbos? Well, Motzei Shabbos, you'd have Malav Malka, but the point is, uh, if, if Yom Kippur falls out, right, on, a, on, on a, let's say, Shabbos, Yom Kippur Shechal Yosef Shabbos, there's a mitzvah on Erev Shabbos. So what, Thursday night already? Do you wash, right? Do you have a major Suda? Be that as it may, this second shot, this inami, seems to imply that the mitzvah is only by Yom, right? Hasam Islay Ravcha. Here, when it comes to Yom Kippur, Islay Ravcha, Rashi says, Lishchot Belayla Shasuda Eina Adlem Machar. So Rashi says, black on white, that on Yom Kippur, the Chiv is during the day. So that becomes a little bit of a discussion, but be that as it may, that's what the Gemara implies in the inami. And Hacha Leislay Ravcha. But here, he doesn't have enough time when you're having the chasana on Matzah Shabbos. Certainly, it's very, very tight, right? As soon as Shabbos is over, you better get started to prepare this meal, and therefore, he's much more tarred. He doesn't have till the next day, and therefore, maybe Shema Yishchot Ben Of. Okay, so now the Gemara concludes by saying, Erev Shabbos Nami. Well, once you're going to say that the, really, re, the reason why you can't get married on Matzah Shabbos is because of Shema Yishchot Ben Of, so you can't get married on Friday night either, Shema Yishchot Ben Of, because don't forget, right? As Erev Shabbos Nami, Shema Yishchot Ben because don't forget. It's true that we talked about the B on the Chaburah and all that, and we're going to get into that now, but the Shema Yishchot Ben Of doesn't only apply Motzei Shabbos, because don't forget, if the wedding is on Friday night, so then Aunt Gertrude's coming Friday night too, and, you know, a lot of peop- more people than you anticipated showed up, and now you're feeling like you're short, and you don't want to look like you didn't prepare enough. So you might, even on Friday night, be motivated to Yishchot ben, uh, ben Of. So this reason that we apply to Moshe Shabbos may apply to Friday night as well. What's ironic is that now we have two reasons why you shouldn't get married Friday night. Shema Yishchot Ben Of 
and also because of the Chabura issue that we were going to discuss. And yet, historically, during like the Middle Ages, it was very common to get married Friday night because they were so poor, they wanted a chaperine and use that meal of the Shabbos meal as the Sudas Mitzvah. Be that as it may, that really is the end of that topic. And we start with a new thing in the middle of our page here on Hamad Aleph as follows. Ibailo. Basul Nisis Birvi Okay. What's this? Nivelis Birvi here means like Wednesday afternoon. How how is she Nivelis Wednesday afternoon? Don't we think don't we know that Tamid Khachamim um are not going to be cohabiting during the daytime? So the answer is it's a dark room, says the Rishonim. It it, it can it can be done. Um if necessary. So, So the Gemara, what the Gemara is asking now is as follows. We said in our Mishnah, did we mean Wednesday night, like you have to, it has to be Wednesday night, like after Tzeshachachavim, so to speak, like late at night? Or can it also be, can you have a day wedding, right? I got married Memorial Day. So we had a daytime wedding, right? It was a, it was a, it was a holiday weekend. So we got married, I don't know, before, way before Shkia, like one, two in the afternoon was the wedding. So can you do that? When we say Basulas Nisei Spiravi, are you Yaitse with a two in the afternoon wedding? Well, we said that the reason was for Basulas Nisei was we're Chayshin and Leikure Daita, right? So that he can have the Chassan can the next day go to the Bezdin. Well, is uh, there a difference with respect to a nighttime wedding and a daytime wedding with respect to Ikure Daita? The Rishon make it sound like he's really angry when he sees no besulim, and Yikurudaita means calms down. I like to say it the other way, but it's not really what the Rishonim say. I like to contemporize it and say that if you give him more time, he's going to get emotionally attached and just give up on, on going. But you know what I mean. The point is, extra time to, to go. So is this extra few hours going to make a difference with respect to this issue of Yikurudaita? Odilma besulim is beraviv and yivelis bechamishi dechayshin and leikurudaita. Right? So the question is, right, do you have the, the Nisuin and the Bia on Wednesday in the afternoon? Or does Nisus, when the Nisuin happens on Wednesday, that's fine, but the Nivelas has to happen on Chamishi for sure, cause, meaning late Wednesday night. Because anything earlier than late Wednesday night, we're, we're concerned for Ikuri Daita. So that's the question here, right? The mission says, Basuli Nisus Birvi, do we mean that and it can be a day wedding too, or does it have to be a night wedding because of this Ikuri Daita issue? How long, right, do we think it's going to take this chasen to calm down? So let's try to resolve it as follows. Tashmah Datani Bar Kapara, Mesula Nisus Biriviv, and Ivelis Bechamishi, Hoel Venemer Labrachal Adagim. So the Braisa says here that you should have the wedding on Wednesday, but the Bia Rishonah should not be until Chamishi, but for a different reason, right? The reason being because it's the, on Thursday, when you look at Bracious, the first chapter, you see that it said Puravu to the Dagim, that's a good omen, and therefore that's the reason. So we're going to infer from that. If they think that that's the reason why you should be Nisab Chamishi, sounds like we're not worried about the Ikura Daita. Like we think it's a good idea to do the Birishon on Chamishi anyway. But, when, but if you did the Birishon on Ravi, it's not a violation of the Ikura Daita. That's what we're trying to learn from this Brysa of Bar Kapar. By the way, the Brysa continues and says, Almana Nisab Chamishi. Remember, Almana certainly doesn't have the Ikuridaita issue, and therefore she should get married on Thursday, Veniv Ellis Bishishi, and her Bia should be on Thursday night. Why? Yeah. In other words, Puravu was said to the fish, that's true. That was on Thursday. But Puravu was also said 
in a different pasuk to the humans. That was on Friday. So that's, a, that's, a, that's even better bracha. But be that as it may, the diuk the Bar Kapara says is time of Mishum bracha, right? The reason why we say get married on Wednesday for the Vesula and then do the B on Thursday is because of the bracha issue. It sounds like it's a bracha issue, not a kuridaita issue. Therefore, were it only for the kuridaita issue, Wednesday afternoon would be fine for the B Rishana. However, the Gemara asks with regards to the Amana, in other words, once you'd see that the bracha ladagim is an effective, beautiful bracha, and it's a reason enough to have the basula get married on Yom on Leil, or have the bia on Wednesday night, meaning Leil Chamishi. So why is the Almana not getting married on Wednesday and having the bia on Leil Chamishi? The Gemara answers bracha da Adam Adifala. Yeah, in other words, if all things being equal. We would have had the Pasula get married on Leil Chamish, uh, on, on Thursday and, and have the Biyari shown on Leil Chamishi too. Because after all, the Puravu for the humans should be probably even better than the Puravu for the Dagim. After all, they're human, these the Chasim and Kala. So that's, a, that's certainly better. We have, we have a different issue. That on top of that, we also have the Bezdin issue. Uh, but it's okay. Once we have the Bezdin issue, we're going to hop around the Bracha for the Dagim. It's also a good Bracha. So we, so, but, but, but the Almana, because she doesn't have this Bezdin issue, she has the luxury of getting the bracha for the humans. That's even better. She may be an almana, but she can still have children. Okay. Or there's another reason why the almana should get married on, on uh, Thursday night, Friday, and, um, right, and then have the, uh, the be a late Thursday night, slash Friday. It says, V'inami mishum shaktu. Another reason would be shaktu, but not the same shaktu you thought before of preparing the wedding, a different kind of shaktu as follows. The Brisa says the reason why we want an almana to get married on Friday as opposed to right on a Thursday night, which is Friday, as opposed to Wednesday night, which is Thursday. Because if you have the wedding on Wednesday night, guess what the husband's going to do? Husband's going to go to work. He's going to leave her at home alone. Shaktu chachamim atakanas benos Yisrael. See, this is a different kind of shaktu. Before the shaktu was, we want him to have a proper, nice wedding. Here, it's a different shaktu. To stay with your wife after the wedding. She has a mechima shlosha yamin. Stay with her at least three days. Just don't go to work. Take a long weekend. Chamishi b'shabbos, ve'erev shabbos b'shabbos. Isn't that nice? The shaktu here is after your wedding with the amana, don't treat her like a shmata. Stay with her for three days. Take a long weekend. Very nice. Now, my ikabein bracha l'shaktu. So now we have two reasons why the almana is doing it on Thursday night slash Friday. What would be the nafkamina? Well, ikabein What if she marries a yeshiva guy? He's not running to work. I had a wedding this past my nephew. Just remember, I went to Cleveland and we lost two days. He he made the wedding on Tuesday night because it would be hard afterwards for he's in Lakewood with all the yeshiva guys. It'd be hard for them to get back for Shabbos. If he made it Wednesday night or later. What do you mean? How long does it take to get to Lakewood Shabbos? Are they on a horse and wagon, Barry? That I, I was going to work the next day, regardless of when it was. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so they have like a different concept, right? So they don't, their issue is not that they have to run back to work. So if the reason was because of Shia Sameach yeah, they're, they're fine. They're going to be together for a few months now, at least. Um, that's not the issue, but they have to worry about the bracha. So therefore, for that reason, they should do Wednesday, uh, Thursday night. Or you could be no, right? So you could be no Adam Batel. Inami Yom Tov Shachalios for Shabbos. Or you could have a working guy, but it's a Yom Tov Shachalios Berev Shabbos where he's not going to work anyway the next day, 
Anyway, it's both the same side of the nafkamina, right? In both those cases, you're worried, right? Uh, you're not worried about shaktu, but you are, you are going to be worried about the bracha. Okay. Now, four lines up from the wide. Now we're going to go. We already had Darsh Bar Kapar. We're going to have another drasha of Bar Kapar as follows. Darsh Bar Kapar. What's going on here? A totally unrelated drasha, but tzaddikim have even more, so to speak, uh, impact on the world than the creation of the world. It's unbelievable, right? We were given the power, so to speak, to do so. In Isaiah, it says the following, that my hand, sounds like my hand in the singular, as Rashi points out. Hashem, when he created the world, he did it with one hand. But my ilu my seidem shal tzadikim ksev mechol neshiftecha pa'at Hashem mikdash ad Hashem konenu yadecha konenu yadecha. So it's two hands versus one. The foundation that Hashem made, right? The mikdash, your hands established, right? So it's saying hands in the in the plural, right? And that was built by the tzadikim. So it sounds like that which was built by the tzadikim is the equivalent of like double. Of that which Hashem of Hashem's creation, amazing. So, so Heishiv Bavli Echad Chia Shemo, fascinating idea. It attributes Rabbi Chia to his lineage as a Bavli, and he answered the following: Does that sound familiar to you from anywhere, David? David bin David v'yabeshes Yadav Tzaro. It's Tehillim. It's 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 Lachun Ranana Kabbal Shabbos. V'yabeshes Yadav Yatsaru sounds like both hands are being used here in the creation of the world. Right? Shabbos is where, is where we what? We celebrate creation on Shabbos. And so V'yabeshes Yadav Yatsaru is, is two-handed. So is creation one-handed or two-handed? It looks like it's two-handed here. So Yadav Ksiv. No, it's V'yabeshes Yadav. There's a Kriya Ksiv here. It's supposed to be Yadav. Just one hand. Ayv HaKsiv Yatsaru. Yatsaru, you can't get around that being plural. So I'm not going to Yatsru et bosav, right? Nachman Yitzchak, who's the valedictorian of Pesachim, says Yatsru here doesn't mean his hands, but his multiple fingers. Dechsev ki eres shamecha maset bosecha, right? When the when the uh, when the heavens see the work the working of your fingers, yarech lekachavim asher konanta, right? The moon and the stars. So this is also from Tehillim elsewhere. Sounds like. It's your multiple fingers, but it's still only one hand in creation. Okay. Sounds like Yadav, that there's the, that the handiwork of the Shemaim that are speaking the covet of Hashem and the, and the, and the upper firmament is telling of a creation that was two-handed. Masa Yadav. So now we're taiching, as we say, the Pasuk. The Pasuk, when it says, Shemaim Sabin it means that no, that who is going to miyagid, who is going to right, testify to the Maisei Yedem Shal Tzadikim, Harakia. That's what the Rakia is going to. Umay niu, how? Matar. Oh. So now that's how you read it. The Rakia is going to reflect the Maisei Yedem of the Tzadikim, not of Hashem. It sounds like Maisei Yodav Megirakia. The Pashup Shad is that all of the heavens and the earth are testimony to Hashem's Maisei Yedem. Says the, right, so says the Gemara, that's not what it means. It means that the Maisayadaim is the Tzadikim, and the heaven and the earth testify to the handiwork of the Tzadikim by, by the rain. When they bring rain, you see that that's the Tzadikim's handiwork in motion. Amazing. Okay, another Bar Kapar. Darsh Bar Kapar. Ma'idach Sivi, Asayt Yelcha Alaznecha. 
So this is an inch. This is a pasuk in where it sounds like Mishlei. Maybe no, it's in Sefer Devarim. It means you have to carry a spike. You may miss this pasuk. In addition to all your weapons, when you dig a hole, right, uh, you carry a spike because we are not animals and we don't leave our remains around. So the holy soldiers of Klal Yisrael, they have a spike that if they have bodily needs to go to the bathroom, they can make a hole and dig it up and cover it up. Wow. Okay, but I said to Yelachal Necha, you should have a spike in addition to your other weapons. That's what it literally means. Says Rebar Kapara, Necha, Ela Al Oznecha. Right, not azanecha like your weapons, but your ears. You hear something that's improper as we turn to him and beis and yechetz ba belznav. You place your finger right into your ears, so you should not hear bad things, and that's why we were cre- created anatomically this way that our fingers fit into our ears. Why are the fi- our fingers similar to like spikes or pegs in the my taima? So wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? What, what is he asking? Right, he asks, why are our fingers like pegs? So what does he mean? Be, that they're all separate? Like not webbed? Okay, like a duck? So, well, that we already know the answer to, to, to reason why we have separate digits. Why? Because, because we already had a price of zeres, right? When you measure something, sometimes you measure it with the pinky, the zeres. Or zukamitsa, Right, the fourth finger is what you use to scoop the mincha. So each finger has its own, right, form following function, right? Has its own reason. So of course, we know that they're separate. Zu ama, right, when we speak of an ama measure, we're measuring it from the middle finger. Or zu etzba, the index finger, right, is what we usually use to put the dam of the karbonus on the mizbeach. Right, so every finger is mamish accounted for. Zu gudal, the thumb. Remember, we spoke at great length about the uh, the Tara Samitsaira, right? When we when we, when you do and it involves his thumbs, remember that? And it, and his toes. So all every finger is accounted for for what we use. There's other uses, but these are some of the uses where we see that each finger is in importance. Of course, none of this would make sense if the fingers weren't separate. Elamai, no, Elamai time Shupaski Tedos. That's not that wasn't the question. He didn't ask why don't we not have webbed hands. His question was why are hands tapered and shaped the way they are? Oh, Right, if you hear something on, that's not good, you stick your fingers in your ear. Your mouth you can close with your teeth and lips, assuming you have competent lips. This is an orthodontic term. But your ears, you're going to need some help. There's two possibilities, there's actually two ways to do it. Why is the entire ear hard? Of the cartilage, but a soft earlobe. You shove your earlobe in your ear canal. So, two ways to do it. You can do use your finger, you can use your lobe, whatever works. Uh, this is a big musr. It's a Garanowitz musr moment. You should be careful not to hear this interesting lashon of Dvarim Betelim, Shtuyot, as they say. In, uh, because why? The ears are the first thing that are easily. Uh, the most easily burnt. It's a, it's a reference to uh, a halachic thing uh, in, in a vodazara by singeing the animal, the Rashi quotes. But it's also a Muslim moment, right? In other words, like this. <laughs> a person's very easily influenced, right? When you talk, right, you, you're going to possibly be influenced when you smell something, when you see something. That definitely does affect you. But the environment that you hear, what you take in, and you listen, and you hear, 
can very much impact, right, your, um, uh, your thought process. And therefore, the Balai Musar will say that they are the first to get burned. And therefore, you have to be very careful what enters through your ear canal because that can be the first thing that can uh, lead down the wrong path. And therefore, we're very careful not only what we say, but also what we hear. Very good. Okay. Back to Biri Shaina with the Basula, 12 lines down. So what we're going to do now at the remain, at the almost uh, symbolic time of 6, 12 a.m., uh, what we're going to do now for the remaining of the daf is lay out the questions for tomorrow. All the lumbus that you have to look forward to tomorrow, tomorrow it's going to feel like Yeshiva Chorv's man in here. It's going to feel like a real lumbus in here. So like this. What could be possibly the reason of the, of the Biri Shaina and Shabbos as follows. First of all, so the first question is like this. What would you say the blood of the basula is, is like? Is it chabura really, or is it mifkat pocket? Well, I would say it like this. In, the other, in a different context, when we, B'zat uh, Hashem, we'll learn Masechus Nida, God willing, when we finish Shas. Um, the, uh, the blood of a Nida, right? So you, you might know that when you look at spotting, so if it's coming from the womb, right? So then that's Nida, that's Dam Nida. But if it's coming from a wound... So that's not dam nida. So this is sort of the same, but in reverse, right? Meaning, it, we don't think that there's a box. This isn't an anatomical uh, observation, that there's a box in there that's holding the blood, and then it gets ruptured, right, uh, like during the Bia Not exactly like that. It's more like the blood that comes out, dam nida, the womb, the blood that comes from the womb, is not wound blood. And therefore, it's not, right, embedded in the avarim, so to speak. And that makes a difference with the Gatsa Chabura. This was, this is, uh, brought up in the Tosfos here, Damif Kapakar Chabura Mechbar. And we learned in Masech Shabbos, actually, in great length, in Parakrabaloza de Mila, and Kuflam Gimel, when talking about the Chilazon, right? So if, if, if an animal has like a dye, is that coming out of its lifeblood, so to speak? Or if it's coming from like a separate compartment, so to speak, in there, in their body, that has a separate function, not related to their lifeblood, right? That becomes very relevant as to what would have been the Isser in killing the Chilazan. We talked about Sovea versus Chabura. Again, today we're just bringing up the possibilities, but that's what we mean, Mifkat Pakid or Chabur Mechbar. Mifkat Pakid would mean it's not really part of the lifeblood, or is it Chabur Mechbar? Only if it's Chabur Mechbar would it be an actual Chabura, okay? So then now let's go with Mifkat Pakid first of all. We're going to do like a, a tree of possibilities. So we're going to set it up, and then tomorrow we're going to address it. So it says, Okay, so let's say Dam is Mifkat Pocket. So you're not doing, right, when you're doing the first Bia, uh, you're not really causing the injury. Uh, it's not like Shechita, so to speak, right? It's just you're opening that, you're opening that box, so to speak. So Dam So if you open the box and what you need is the Dam, why would you need the Dam? What are you doing with the Dam? Well, you need it for Dam Besulim to, to demonstrate that she's a Besula. That's a useful purpose. There are other shitas as to what it means, Ladam Utsarch, but let's go with that. That makes sense, right? Oh, so if what you need is the Dam, so then that's okay. Because again, you're, all you're doing is opening a box, so to speak, and taking out the Dam. And, and there's no really Malacha there. But if what you need is the opening, well, you've now created that opening. Like, like opening a can on Shabbos, Lahavdil, if you hold it, that's not mutter. Let's not get into that now. But the point is, you're creating an opening. That's bone, Rashi explains, right? That would be the issue of if you needed the Pesach. Why would you need the Pesach? Well, you need the Pesach because the next time it's going to be a more patent opening, 
Okay? And therefore, what's the, what are you looking for? The Dam or the Pesach? If it's the Dam, it's Mutter. If it's the Pesach, it's Asr. Okay, so let's say the Dam is what you need. Right? But it happens to be, obviously, the only way to get the Dam is to open the, is to open the can, so to speak. So then, what, so then the question would be, Right? That's the Machlokas, famous throughout all of, right? Masechah Shabbos, littered everywhere in Shas. That you, Rabbi Yehuda would say, okay, you want the dam, that would be mutter, but it's a davashayin muskavein, you're opening the opening. You can't bring up this issue without pointing out there's an issue here of psik resha, right? There's a psik resha. In other words, we said that even Rabbi Shimon, who holds a davashayin muskavein, is mutter. Isn't it true that, and necessarily true, that once you're getting the dam, you're also creating the opening? So this is already brought up by Rashi, right? It says, Rashi says, it's the third wide line. No, that's, uh, I, I missed it. Um, yeah, no. It's four lines up from the wide. So, we're going to answer this. We're going to address this soon enough. The psikresha issue. The way they deal with the psikresha is they say, that there's some dudes who know how to do it without, uh, without uh, creating the, the uh, opening. I, d- I don't know what that means, but we're not learning that yet today. Call me old-fashioned. That sounds weird, right? That a guy would be a bucky behataya. But be that as it may, that uh, addresses the psikresha issue. Um, and then it says, Let's say the lachas like Rabbi Yehuda. So you might bring it back to make it mutter. In other words, even if you say, right, that Davashenu Miskavin is Asr, well, wait a minute. This is Davashenu Miskavin that normally would be Asr, but it's a Makalkel, right? What is this? You're, it's a destructive thing. There was something there, and now it's being, like, like blown wide open. So, okay, it's Binyan, but it's Binyan in a destructive way. So if it's destructive, that may be mutter. If it's constructive, then it will be Asr. So even according to Rabbi Huda, right, who's going to say that, right, that Davash Einim is Asr, might say that it's Mutter here. And that's the Rashi that I was starting to say. So one thing that Rashi points out is, wait a minute, it's interesting. What, is it a Tikkun or a Kilkul, right? On one hand, right, in, in subsequent Biyas, it's going to be an opening that's going to, that's, that's going to be um, less painful and all those other things. So that has a constructive element to it. However, a besula is a more chashiv entity, so to speak, than a beula. So maybe it's destructive. That is in itself something that has to be discussed. The other thing that has to be discussed that Rashi points out, by a lot of lumdus, even on the pshat level here, right, is the chovel umavir, that we say that in Kalkel, when it comes to every other malacha, it has to be constructive in order to be aser. If it's mekalkel, it's not going to be Asr, however, or it's, you're not going to be Chayev. However, there's two exceptions, right? Chovel umavir. Chovel umavir, if, to the extent that Chavala and Havara, right, that wounding and lighting a fire have a destructive component, well, guess what? That destructive component is the Malacha. And therefore, you can't say that when it's destructive, it's not going to be Chayev. That is the definition of the Malacha. And if you're talking here about the Malacha being Chavala, so then, of course, it's destructive. So Rashi has to remind you that we're still in the Ika de Amri that holds that within Mifkat Pocket. We're still talking about Mifkat Pocket. We're, we're not yet in the world of Chavala. 
Right? This is all all this bonus, soser, destructive, not destructive, and and davashen miskavin is all within the tzad of mifkar pocket. Okay. Now we get to the second, the chabur mechbar. Ika de amri imtim zilomar dam chabur mechbar. If you're going to say that has to do with chavala, so la dam utzarch ve'aser adil malanas atzmotach v'shari. Right. So now you're going to say, wait a minute, you're making a chabura, but if you need the blood, and you're deliberately causing the wound, then it's certainly going to be usher. But maybe, no. You don't, you're not looking to have the blood. Right? The blood is incidental. Right? You wish that there wouldn't be any blood. You'd be much happier if there wasn't any blood. But it happens to be that that's a consequence. Well, that's a davr she'enu miskavein. Right? And maybe it would be mutter. So getting back, once you're talking about davr she'enu miskavein, you're in the world of Machokas Rabbi Huda Rabbi Shimon, so it would only be Aser if it's Dabr Shimon, it would only be Mutter according to Rabbi Shimon, but according to Rabbi Huda it would be Aser. The Intim Tzilomar, Alachak Rabbi Huda, yeah, but even according to Rabbi Huda, Mekalkel Bechabura, Metakel Bechabura, who? So wait a minute. So that's what we were talking about before with Rashi, right? If you're going to say Alachas like Rabbi Huda, and Dabr Shainu Miskavin is Aser, so is this Chabura a Kilkel or a Tikkun? What is it, Tikkun? What? Well, as we said before, this particular chabura has some positive aspects to it, right? Because now you see that there's damnida. Now you know that she's a basula, right? This, it's not all bad, right? We're not doing this by accident. Nobody, <laughs> she's not going to take you to court for this chabura, right? Everybody is con- consenting to this. We understand what's going on here, okay? Okay. So let's say it's makalkal b'chabura. The makalkal halacha kirab Yehuda or halacha kirab Shimon, as we get to Vava Medalif. So this last Rashi, Alachik Rabbi Yehuda Mekalkel Umutter, the Chiyama Rabbi Yehuda Davashein Miskaven Aser Mitakin of a Mekalkel Lokamar. So as we said before, that it could be that it's a Mekalkel. How does that apply to Chovel Mavir? How do we line up all of these Shilas? This Chabur B'Shabes is it Mifkar Pakin? Is it Chabur Mechbar? Is it Mekalkel? Is it Aser? Is it Davashein Miskaven or not? Some lambdas to look forward to tomorrow as we resume with Davav tomorrow in Mesechas Ksubis.